For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky. My name is Vinny Hardy. Believe in Kentucky, as always, comes to you courtesy of Believe.com, the number one content network for professionals. You can go straight to the site, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and get this episode. Go back in the archives, listen to all the previous episodes, episodes where it's just been me flying solo or episodes with great guests. You can follow me on Twitter at Vinny Hardy, Vinny with a Y, Hardy with a Y, at Believe on Twitter. Go to Believe Podcast Network, Believe.com. Follow them on all forms of social media as well. Just a few little quick news and notes. Uh, first of all, March Madness is still going on, and it's still weird that it is going on without the cats in there. Um, yes, it's been more than a week since the loss of St. Peter's, but you know, it's still taking a minute for us to wrap our heads around everything. Um, it was good to see Tennessee go out to Michigan. Let's be real. So we were all Wolverines fans for that. Surprising to see that Arkansas is the only SEC squad left. Uh, they did take out Gonzaga. Hopefully they can take out Duke. So if Duke is gone, then I can enjoy this tournament in peace. Enjoy the rest of it and, and you know, get the Dukies out of there. And then we'll be good. Um, we'll now move on into the who's staying and who's going. Uh, a lot of people really kind of sweat that. I don't sweat it. I can't control it. But what's going to happen is going to happen. Uh, one of the first things we saw happen was the fact that Damian Collins is going to be back. Uh, so uh, get to see year two of Damian Collins, another year in the weight room, getting stronger and continuing to uh, – add to his game, add more skill and strength to the insane athleticism that he possesses. Um, so we, we saw that uh, box get checked, if you will. We'll continue to see how the roster fills out. There'll still be moments where BBN will be refreshing Twitter as to who's going to do what or what's going to happen and uh, who's in the portal and who's not in the portal and uh, all things of that uh, nature. Speaking of who in the portal, Dante Allen is in the portal. Um, got a tweet that he is transferring from UK. Uh, Pendleton County tore it up in high school scoring. BBM wanted to see him become a cat. He did become a cat. Uh, sometimes maybe he didn't get uh, as long of a leash as he should have. 
But there were definitely times where defensively he didn't do as good as he should have. You can still kind of see him not knowing where to be. and um, So transfer to a different location and, and get another opportunity to play, get chances to play more, uh, increase minutes in a different place elsewhere. Um, definitely wish him the best. Um, and wherever he goes going forward, a lot of buzz. He might join KP in Louisville, which ooh, that would that would that would juice up the rivalry a little bit. It's already about to have a new dynamic anyway. But if he goes to Louisville or Western or wherever he goes, you wish him the best. Uh, you're never gonna forget the two times he lit it up against Mississippi State. It was something about seeing um, those Bulldogs uniforms that you know he would get triggered in a good way from behind the arc. So, wish Dante Allen uh, the absolute best going forward. Uh, on the football side, it happens every year. You hope it doesn't happen. You want to see guys make it through spring practice. You want to see guys make it through fall camp healthy. Uh, we've seen it happen with you know, Landon Young. Uh, we saw it happen last year with Keaton Upshaw. Guys get injured before the season starts. Happened again the other day, Vito Tisdale. And a young DB who just blows up anything in his path can be lost for the season with a knee injury. Um, so I definitely hope he can come back uh, stronger and, and better than ever when he returns. But hate to see that he'll be lost for this season. To see what Kentucky does to kind of bolster depth in that secondary, um, hit the transfer portal, you know, some of the young guys step up. We'll have to see how that plays out as well. So that's just some of the news and notes and things that have happened since our last episode. The big news was also on the Kentucky women's basketball side. We had three players transferring from the program. Dre Edwards, uh, Jasmine Massengale, and Treasure Hunt all uh, announcing that they will be entering the transfer portal. And that's where the guest for today comes in who covers this uh, very, very closely. We're talking about uh, Cameron Drummond from the Herald Leader. So I'm going to definitely, guys, thank you guys again for listening. And then when you hear the next section of the podcast, it will be the interview with Cameron talking about, you know, everything that's happening with Kentucky women's basketball. So stay tuned and we'll have uh, Cameron joining the podcast. Got to take a minute and tell you all about Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, 
Take ownership of your health. We've also been telling y'all about lots of ring watches for as long as you've been listening to this podcast. Dave and Ben keep doing their thing to bring you affordable, stylish timepieces for men and ladies. Got the accessories that you need to go with them as well. Different bands to change it up. Formal, casual, doesn't matter. La Terrain has got you. LaTerrain.com. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. And tell them you heard about them on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Now we want to bring in our guest on this episode of Believe in Kentucky. The sports reporter for the Herald Leader at Kentucky Sports. Covers primarily the Kentucky women's basketball team. We're talking about Cameron Drummond, man. Cameron, thank you for taking time out of your afternoon to hop on the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great, Vinny. Thanks so much for, for having me. And, yeah, I'm more happy to, to talk about uh, Kentucky women's hoops and, and appreciate you giving me the call this afternoon to get me on the show. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Now, first thing, now we, we got big news, shocking news, and we're definitely going to talk about what happened you said before we started recording it was an eventful day and I'm, I'm that's definitely the case especially from your perspective but I just got to ask you man uh, the Herald leader is, is hiring Indiana Hoosier alums what's going on over there man how what, what's what's happening that's that's something that I always I, I started this job last July last August and uh, yeah I guess cats out of the bag I did go to Indiana University for school that was one of the things when I was starting to meet everyone connected with Kentucky sports and and all the athletes and coaches that I cover I would always preface my first interview with them by saying like I apologize for my past sins I understand that that you guys are gonna have to make an exception for me working out here um, but yeah I went to Indiana I'm from Dallas Texas originally. Didn't really even have any ties to Indiana, just needed a good place to uh, go to journalism school and, and get a job out of it. And I guess so far uh, it's worked out okay for me. So the the Dallas IU thing, you like doing the Mark Cuban route? Is that what it is? or? Yeah. Oh, if you get me started talking about the Dallas Mavericks on the show, man, I will go for literally three hours. You do not want to open up that can of worms. I'll put on my Luca jersey that I have in, in the closet right now if you want to go there. <laughs> now I have I have been to Dallas. Now, full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. Been to AT and T Stadium, taking the tour. My wife got hooked me up with that for an anniversary gift one year, the whole VIP thing, and uh, went out and ran on the field and threw balls with fellow tourists, <laughs> and you know we were running routes and stuff. Loved it. As far as the NBA goes, I'm a Houston Rockets fan, so I um, I can't stand the Mavericks. I'm just I'm just. Hey, we, we, we can both agree to hate the Spurs equally, though, right? Can okay. That? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Cowboys fan as well. You know, I'm back before old Texas Stadium got blown up. Me and my dad did the same thing that you were talking about. I got to, you know, tour the stadium, kick field goals, all that stuff. But, yeah, being a Cowboys fan, it's uh, it's been tough basically the entire 24 years I've been on this earth, but maybe the 25th yeah. will be a bit better. That's right. That's <laughs> what we got to hope for. So, yeah, the, I was – Senior in high school when they won their last Super Bowl right before you were born. So, yeah. Right. About two years before I was born. I've, I've literally only seen the Cowboys win a Super Bowl on VHS. It, uh, it sucked, really, for most of my life. Appreciate you keeping the faith. Way to way yeah. to stay in there, though, for sure. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> That's it. Now, you know, being an IU grad, you know, Kentucky's women's basketball season – just ended in bloomingness. So was that a chance for you to go back to the stomping grounds for even though that, that game against Princeton? 
Yeah, it's funny, actually, because when I took this job was before their schedule had been announced uh, in last summer, in summer of 2021. So then I see the schedule comes out and they played their first road game, non-conference game at Indiana back in early November. So I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Got to go back to, to Bloomington for a couple of days. And it's only it's only about a three hour drive from Lexington. So so I do the drive back occasionally just to visit friends and, and commiserate and stuff like that. And then when the NCAA tournament draw came up, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, most of the projections before the tournament had them going to Austin, Texas, which is where I used to work in my first job out of school, um, working kind of in news for the newspaper that are called the Austin American Statesman. So I was thinking I was going to do a second homecoming, not to Bloomington, but to Austin. But then we're at the watch party, the name gets revealed and they put them in the Indiana pod again. And I just couldn't believe, uh, I don't know if it was luck or good fortune or, or just the, the circumstance of it. But yeah, I got to milk two free trips back to my college town through this job so far. So I can't complain about that. Yeah, getting, getting perched right off the bat, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're, you, you started last summer. So this was your first season on the beat, right? Yes. All right. right. So your observations, just wherever you want to go, start the season, you know, preseason throughout the technique, just your observations of how things went because you're you're closer to it than than most people. So your your thoughts on your first full season covering Kentucky women's basketball. Yeah, I mean, you really can't run the gamut of emotions much more than you can, you know, covering a sports season or watching the highs and lows of things than you can with this Kentucky women's basketball season. I mean, you start with a lot of preseason expectations, obviously with it being Ryan Howard's final season, you know, the, the kind of lingering cloud of will they win a team championship? What kind of team success will they have in her senior season? You go through the, the highs and lows of the season between, you know, hanging in there in that game against Louisville that they only lost by six points, uh, the, the suspensions that were given to Dreonna Edwards. And, you know, really it, you get to early part of February and I, along with probably most observers and fans of the team, really thought there was no possible path for them making the NCAA tournament. I mean, this was a team that was, I think, two games below 500 overall, six below 500 in SEC play. You saw them at their worst, really, losing games at teams like Vanderbilt, um, you know, even just getting blown out in nationally televised games at South Carolina and at Tennessee. And you just really didn't see a way for them to kind of pick themselves up out of the hole that they had dug themselves but then obviously massive credit to Kyra Elsie and the team once they got to full strength, once they had all nine scholarship players that ended up playing this season, you know, really humming and in cohesion, you saw the best of what this Kentucky team could have been a team that was tenacious on defense, hitting rhythm, rhythm threes, you know, rebounding by committee. And I, I was in Nashville as well for the duration of that SEC tournament. And, you know, I, I again, like most people, I probably figured seed lines were going to hold, they beat Mississippi state in the opening game to get an NCAA tournament spot and then lose to LSU or Tennessee. And they just, they just didn't lose, man. They just kind of kept going and, you know, pulling shock after shock. And, and then obviously the way the season ends in the NCAA tournament with a loss to the Ivy league champions, Princeton, who were an incredibly good team in their own right. I think they had won 17 straight games going into that game, but you, you saw Kentucky at its best and you saw Kentucky at its worst for large stretches of the season and I'm naturally more inclined to think that the team we saw lose that game to Princeton was more of what this Kentucky team actually was most of the time, a team that could kind of go in there, compete with other teams, you know, maybe win a game against a Georgia type that that's another solid NCAA tournament team from the SEC, 
But on the whole, I think that game was a bit more reflective of what this group meant and what this group was compared to that insane run in Nashville. But that being said, this was all along a team that had it within themselves to go on a kind of run like that and to win a championship. Um, but it, it's going to be curious to me, especially the next couple of years, how fans and how people around the program look back on this season. Because, again, you had the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. But at the end of the day, you did do something that a team hasn't done at Kentucky in 40 years. And that's win an SEC championship. So, it, I mean, you could you could write a novel, several movies even probably, with just the amount of things that happened this season. But at the end of the day, there is a trophy, you know, sitting there in, in, the, in the cabinet from, from what Kyra Elsie and the team could accomplish. That's right. That's right. Now, you, you mentioned uh, the big dog, Dre, getting suspended a couple times. And uh, we saw her impact, you know, especially against South Carolina, hitting the game winner. The and you know it was mentioned. I think even in the post game interviews, you know we we in in the post game press conferences, you know with Brian Howard and Drake, you know we we butted heads with Coach Elsie a couple times, and we you know had our disagreements and things of that nature. Um, is this still Coach Elsie trying to establish her culture with these you know disciplinary things? Is it trying to hurt? You know, she was an assistant. She's on staff with Coach Mitchell, but is this still her trying to twist and adjust things to the way she wants it to be? With you know, as, as far as that goes, I think so. I mean, you look at the way this roster has been molded as well. Kyra Elsie becomes a full-time head coach in December 2020. Obviously, with Massey Mitchell stepping away, Kyra having it the interim title, and then eventually becoming the full-time head coach. Then Kentucky only brings in one new player last season, freshman guard Jada Walker, who was who was outstanding for the past this season. And now I think, especially you look across college basketball as well. Not only are we in the transfer portal era, but we're you know hopefully on on the right side of of the COVID nineteen pandemic and that not tossing as much of a wrench into things as it would have in years past. That's probably the reason why you're seeing such a gigantic outpouring of players in the transfer portal this season. I mean, you're in the hundreds of players that are switching teams and colleges and it's going to continue, you know, only to grow as, as teams continue to get eliminated from the NCAA tournament. And so with that, I think you're seeing a lot of players who gave either new coaches a chance in their first year, like maybe we've seen with Kyra Elsie at Kentucky or players who didn't necessarily want to make that big of a life and career move during the midst of an uncertain time when you know you weren't sure what games you were going to get, it might have just been a safer option to kind of stay put for another season before you surveyed the landscape. And I think all those factors kind of come home to roost when you look at what, what's happened today with, with the three players, Adriana uh, Edwards, Treasure Hunt, and Jazz Massengill, electing to put their name in the transfer portal. Because these are players, like you mentioned, Kyra Elsie's on the staff, but they're not necessarily, they did not come to Kentucky specifically to play for Kyra Elsie. Um, and at the same time, each of them have their, their unique situations where, in, in the case of Adriana Edwards, suspended twice in, I think, 43, 45-day time span by LZ this season. Uh, Treasure Hunt never quite lived up to the billing that, that Coach LZ said in terms of a, a floor spacer, someone who could hit the three-pointer reliably. And then you look at Jazz Massingill, who was a, an incredibly comfortable and reliable point guard presence for Kentucky, but at the same time, you had a freshman guard, Jada Walker, who went from playing behind her on the bench to starting with her. 
and Jada Walker clearly being the point guard of the future, maybe there's a bit of a bit of handwriting on the wall when it comes to that. But you know, all those individual factors combined with a coaching change that none of them planned on occurring when they came to Kentucky, combined with so many players swapping teams, meaning that you know, if Drayana Edwards wants to find a home to play college basketball next season, she's going to do it relatively no problem. Um, kind of, you know, creates the perfect storm of events for something like this to happen as inconvenient as it may be to happen to Kentucky, because now you're not just replacing all everything legend Ryan Howard, you're replacing three other starters. Um, and, and this does kind of boil down to me, to Kyra Elsey still wanting to make sure that she is instilling her culture at Kentucky, because this is the first off season where she's really had a chance to, to put her stamp on things. Her recruiting class is four players coming in here in 2022, which is by far the largest because Walker was the only one last year. And I remember when I was asking Kyra about the Drayana Edwards suspension before the SEC tournament, she would say about how there's a culture and a standard at Kentucky that she wants to cultivate. You know, it's, it's the things that she looks for in players. And when players don't live up to that, then consequences happen. So this is definitely a, a, a big, a big development, but also a chance for Kyra LZ to, for the first time in her Kentucky tenure, completely mold the program in the way that she wants it to and in her vision for it. Exactly. So, you know, they say the, the saying, you know, winning cures all, uh, just had a 10 game winning streak, you know, in the season winning 10 out of your last 11 games before the loss to Princeton. Were, were there rumblings of these departures? You mentioned how maybe we're on the right side of COVID and people are you know kind of free to, you know, explore options and that's what's happening. Were there rumblings of this or was it when when they were nine and eleven and two and eight in SEC play where did everybody kind of know that well we might be seeing some departures? Then the good, you know, tournament run happens, you win ten in a row, you end the regular season and hit Nashville and, and win the, the SEC tournament. When did these decisions be made? Did they all just happen kind of quickly or were, they, were these kind of in the works? for a while or, or how did that kind of play out? I think you could definitely, I mean, obviously just starting with the fact that we're in the transfer portal, portal era, nothing particularly surprises you in terms of a player or two deciding that they want to, you know, try and test the waters for greener pastures um, just because it's so easy to do it now. And obviously you don't really have to wait out the year. In most cases, at least you don't have to wait out the year, you know, sitting on the sidelines per state rules. So it's a lot easier to do that. And, and you mentioned the winning cures all thing. There were definitely moments this season, you know, and particularly during that stretch in late January, early February, when they were going through the losing streak and injuries and, and the Edward suspension kind of reduced what this team could be capable of that you definitely thought some kind of roster shakeup was coming, whether that was, you know, bringing in transfer players based on the scholarship situation Kentucky had to players transferring out of the program. But, but I think even when you just look at the recruiting class coming in, it's a four-player class. Three of them are guards. Uh, one of them is a very talented post player from Texas. Uh, Kentucky was in need of post depth this season, so, so maybe not her specifically. But that was going to be a lot of backcourt players that Kentucky was going to have, and especially as you saw the performances that Jada Walker continued to have throughout the season, you realize that not only is this a talented freshman, this is a talented freshman who's ready to play right now. And, 
who for my money was the second or third most dependable player on this Kentucky team. Um, you know, when you look at the 31 games in totality. So I had a feeling just backcourt wise, something was going to have to shake out because there's going to be a lot of talent there and there wasn't going to be enough time to play all of them. And you saw frequently this season when Kentucky would go small or lack, um, you know, an inside presence that usually led to their detriment on the courts. So from that standpoint, I'm not surprised at, at some of the moves. Um, and, and also just anytime you have a player that's suspended multiple times in the season by a coach, I suppose it can't be too big a shock when you realize that they're, they're butting heads or they're, you know, differing views on, on what they want from, from their services to a team results in, in something like moving away and trying to find another program. So as kind of shocking as it was for everybody to hear, you know, saw your tweet, y'all follow Cameron at, you know, cdrummer97, meant to mention that earlier, saw your tweet and, you know, other reports and then saw those tweets get confirmed by, you know, other outlets. As shocking as it was to everyone, is it was maybe Coach Elsie and the staff really not rocked by it, not blindsided, or were you know, based on what you're saying, maybe they kind of saw something happening anyway, even though it shocked everybody else. Oh my goodness, they were not as blindsided as everybody, as all of us on the outside, I guess. Right. Yeah. And the context is important because obviously I guess I kind of touched on it earlier, but, but if you look at each isolated incident, you know, of, of the player putting their name into the transfer portal, all right, you look at Jasmine Massenville, you realize her playing time might be going away because Kentucky's bringing in three freshman guards who are very talented. I mean, Mia Jenkins just won uh, Miss Kentucky basketball, Kentucky Miss basketball. I always forget which way the words are ordered with that, but obviously an incredibly talented player. Jada Walker was so good this year. Um, you look at Treasure Hunt, whose statistics weren't particularly strong this year. There were definitely moments where you could see Kyra Elsey really trying to coach her up on the court. And uh, sometimes there was a bit of a quick hook when, when Treasure would make a mistake on the court or, or something like that. Um, and, and just really overall not really living up to, like I said, the billing of being a floor spacing player just because the three-point shot, for whatever reason, didn't fall for her too often this year. And then even once Dreonna Edwards came back from suspension she came off the bench for the rest of the season for Kentucky Nia Leveretter slid into the starting lineup and you know it, it's basketball in 2022 so it doesn't really matter who starts games it more matters who plays more minutes and finishes games but still that's you know probably not something to completely discount is the fact that Joanna Edwards never regained her starting spot after she was suspended for the second time so it, it makes sense when you look at each isolated case that there, the factors there that kind of laid the groundwork for a potential transfer to occur. And this, you know, is not something that Kyra Elsie probably just woke up this morning and got a text from each of the three of them saying that they were going to leave the program. You know, this, this stuff builds over weeks and months. And, and to the point, like you mentioned earlier, Kyra Elsie had been on Matthew Mitchell's staff. This wasn't a coach coming in cold that failed to retain three key players and just lost them within a week of joining the program. This is someone who had been around Dre and Treasure and Jazz for a long period of time. And Kyra Elsie has never brought in a player from the transfer portal, actually, since becoming Kentucky head coach in December 2020. And you figure with the news today that that's something that's probably going to change here over the next couple of months before the, the, the real preparation for the 22-23 season begins. For sure, for sure. And prior to you coming here, uh, Coach Mitchell a few years ago had had a situation where there was a lot of departures, a lot of turmoil. Everybody's like, what's going on? 
what is happening because you know it he had a good run and then all this he kind of hit a rough patch and uh, he was given time to turn it around uh he was allowed to kind of get things fixed get you know more players in and kind of smooth over that rough spot that he had gone through and my i wouldn't i won't say my argument my my point was that that happened to him at a stage of his career when he was a lot more experienced as a head coach than Kyra Elsey, who's going through this rough patch, you know, seemingly from everybody looking at it from the outside. Oh my God, what's going on? She's in year two, first full off season leading into her second season, you know, when she, you know, cause she didn't know she was going to be the coach for the first year until he up and retired, you know, with, uh, uh, the health incident. So he was further along in his career as a head coach than she was. So hopefully she can, you know, be allowed to have time to kind of get things the way she wants because, you know, a few months ago, everybody was kind of kicking dirt on it. They're nine and 11 and, and dead in the water. And then, you know, they make this run and win the SEC tournament. So hopefully she can get the culture the way she wants. And we hear that culture word a lot, but, you know, get the players in um speaking of uh you mentioned uh, amaya miss basketball cassidy rove another incoming freshman we've had her on, on this podcast her and her dad's come on she's come on a couple times and the last time they were on like unprompted they just kind of like reaffirmed they were all in for coach Elsie, and you know we love her to death and you know we've got nothing but good things to say and can't wait to get down there and play for her so uh, from that standpoint, it's fans are kind of blindsided or wondering what's going on, but the, the incoming players seem to still be looking forward to playing with her and are, are all in when they get down there this fall. Yeah, I was going to even just say, I mean, it, first off, let's say Kentucky hypothetically had continued that spiral, missed out on the NCAA tournament, and, you know, it would have been a huge disappointment, not the least, least of which would be because it was Ryan Howard's senior season, but just because of what this team showed it was capable of when all the buttons were clicking and it was at full strength. Even if that were to happen, you know, Kyra Elsie was not getting fired or anything. Kyra Elsie was going to have the time to turn this around, and, and Mitch Barnhart and the athletic department were not going to pull the trigger that quickly. Obviously, the postseason was a disappointment in terms of losing to Princeton, uh, obviously losing four starters, you know, who combined for over 60 percent of basically every major statistic you want to look at, whether it was points, steals, three pointers, assists, whatever. You know, you're going to have to replace a lot of that stuff. But but winning that NCAA tournament obviously earns Kyra Elsie a lot of a lot of goodwill in terms of what she's been able to show as a coach. And, and I'd ask her about that pretty frequently, you know, when we would talk this season, I'd be like, Okay, so that that first season when she became full-time head coach in December and was intern before that, she would describe that to me as baptism by fire because, as you mentioned, she had to get tossed into the thick of things, didn't have much of a time to get up to speed, you know, was really learning by, you know, by doing at that point in, in her career as a head coach. This year was still a process with that as well. You know, I'd ask her, you know, how she's continuing to mature as a coach and, and how she's learning things. And, and she really talked about, you know, the fact that she she's still learning things. She has a, a very talented assistant coaching staff. You know, Amber Smith, a, a player who used to play at Kentucky, Nia Butts, who's been a, a key recruiter for, for several good Kentucky players in recent years. Gail Gessencourt, who, who joined the staff, I believe, before this season and has an incredible wealth of, of women's basketball coaching experience. I believe she's in a couple of Hall of Fames um, 
for, for things of the sort. So she knows what she's talking about. So, so this is still a period where Kyra Elzey is kind of figuring out how to be a head coach, right? Not in the sense of like, like she knows basketball X's and O's, but she's still trying to build a program. This is still just, you know, her second proper off season of going about doing that. And, you know, it goes without saying, this is probably going to be one of the most critical ones. You know, if you get this wrong, then there's no guarantees for two, three years beyond this. But at the same time, this is, you know, her first chance to, again, really put her mark on this program. And she's talked about wanting blue collar players who are proud to wear Kentucky across the chest and all kinds of buzzwords you hear and stuff like that. Well, now that's going to be a, a really crucial time for Kyra and her staff to go out, you know, either identify players they can bring in in the transfer portal to help replace the production that Kentucky loses with Dre, Ryan, Treasure and Jasmine all departing the roster, but also to see how quick an impact they can make with some of the younger players on the team. Jada Walker was spectacular as a freshman this year. What can you expect from the four incoming freshmen this year? Would it be unfair to compare that to the production that Jada had? Um, you know, Anaya Leveretter type who, who's become a regular starter by the end of her sophomore season. Can she continue that growth into her junior year? It, it kind of still remains to be seen what Blair Green is going to look like post Achilles injury, whether she opts to get a medical red shirt and have one year of eligibility left or two. Um, you saw Robin Benton, who scored a lot early in the season, kind of tailed off toward the end, but had some big showings in the SEC tournament. So it's not necessarily like the cupboard is completely bare for Kyra and her staff right now. But at the same time, this is going to be a crucial offseason for them in terms of either identifying extra talent to bring in or really relying on their coaching resources to get the most out of the four incoming players to help make up for this production that they've lost. But they will obviously have the opportunity to do so. Absolutely. And to your point, you know, Yo Gibson Coors is brought in, you know, that experienced head coach. Matthew Mitchell did the same thing with Lynn Dunn for, for a time there. Um, and as far as, you know, Mitch Barnhart, he's kind of leaned towards the patient side when there has been some, some struggles, you know, Nick Minjone and the baseball team haven't had a, you know, postseason run in a while. Maybe this year they can kind of get that, you know, right it. Uh, Mark Stoops four or five years in was kind of on the, the tight rope. Of, eh. And then he was, you know, given time and, you know, we've seen them kind of take off with a couple of 10 win seasons in four years. So, um, as far as that goes, that's, that's probably uh, eases the mind of a coach, not saying that you just relax and, and not work hard, but it eases your mind maybe to, to know that they're working for an athletic director who isn't, you know, Mr. Quick Hook, just a one bad year and you're out. So that's that's got to be maybe a, a little bit of relief, even though it's a stressful job. No, I certainly think so. I mean, anytime that, I mean, it's just like whatever you do in your workplace, right? You know, if you're I don't know if you're a plumber or something and, you know, you mess up one toilet, you know, and you get fired after that, you're going to be very on edge and very nervous every time you go do a job. Right. So anytime you kind of have that instability is, you know, it's such a key word when you hear in collegiate athletics and, you know, support from higher ups and things like that. And there's been absolutely no indication to say that there's been anything but complete and full faith in, in Kyra Elzey from, from those, you know, above her at Kentucky who make those kind of decisions and, and like I said, I mean, she's been a coach, what, two seasons now, two full seasons at Kentucky, and she's brought you one championship that you haven't won in 40 years and a pair of NCAA tournament berths. She's the first coach in Kentucky history to ever take, in Kentucky women's basketball history at least, to take their first two teams consecutively to the NCAA tournament. 
which, you know, Kentucky had so much success under Matthew Mitchell and, and is starting to become that way under Kyra Elzey. When you say that out loud, that's kind of a statement that comes with a lot of gravity to it. And, um, you know, it, it remains to be seen how, how the team will function and, and what it will look like, honestly, especially after today with that Ryan Howard. And that was, that was probably top of the mind for everyone entering this offseason. But now today's news kind of adds a, an extra layer, not just in terms of filling the Ryan Howard void, but also just really filling that depth void, which was a common refrain this season as well about Kentucky maybe not rolling more than six or seven players deep and it costing them at a couple of times in the season. Absolutely. And Cameron King, thank you enough for, for hopping on here and, and dropping knowledge, especially with all the news that happened today. Uh, where can everybody find your work and content? Where can they find you? And, and what do you have uh, in store next for your readers? Oh, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. But yeah, if you want to continue reading my stuff, please go to Kentucky.com. It's a, it's a pretty easy web page to, uh, to memorize, at least Kentucky.com slash sports. Uh, I'm there, you know, everyone else at the Herald Leader who covers Kentucky sports is there. Josh Moore, Ben Roberts, Jerry Tipton, all those good folks. Uh, follow me on Twitter at CDrummond97. That's C-D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D-9-7. And, and as for me, you know, I specialize in, in women's basketball coverage. That's kind of like my title at the Herald Leader, but I'm a pretty big jack of all trades. So, you know, hopefully it's getting a bit warmer outside here. So softball and baseball season is really ramping up. Uh, I know you alluded to, to UK baseball there, but starting to pay a bit more attention to them and, and Rachel Lawson's Wildcats as well, who look to, to be another force to be reckoned with in, in the SEC for softball. Um, it's almost minor league baseball season. So Lexington's got two teams now in the Atlantic League, which it's never had before. So be at Wild Health Park a bit for the genomes and legends. And uh, Lexington's also about to have a pro soccer team. So I'm doing a lot of the nuts and bolts reporting on Lexington Sporting Club and everything from potential downtown stadium, right in the parking lot of Rupp Arena, to the team unveiling uniforms, colors, um, youth soccer mergers. So if there's something that no one at the Herald Leader is covering in sports, I'm probably covering. So look forward to all that stuff. Good stuff, man. And there's a lot of a lot of new stuff to for you to try your hand at as far as, you know, teams and everything coming to town. So, man, good stuff. Appreciate you hopping on. And uh, we'll definitely get you on again throughout the summer and, and see some of that other stuff you're doing, some of that jack-of-all-trades stuff that you're doing, man. <laughs> definitely appreciate it. Now, of course, all the pleasure of mine, Vinny. You and yours take care. All right, this has been another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Y'all can get this episode right on the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V. And our good friends out of Sea of Blue, Jason Markman, all those guys always put the episodes up on their site, and we appreciate them doing that. So everybody, stay safe. Have a good weekend. Thanks again to Cameron Drummond. This is Vinny Hardy. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky, and we will holler at y'all next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.